After a week's holiday, the Marketing and Finance podcast is back, and my guest is Maggie Johnson. We chat about virtual assistance, event management, and marketing services, and how these might benefit your business. Welcome to episode 119 of the Marketing and Finance podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business, and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now, here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. As always, thank you for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate it. Thanks also for your feedback on the show and the topics I've been covering recently. It's clear to me more and more of you are thinking about how to market your businesses, how to use content such as audio and video to engage with your clients. If you need help with your marketing, please get in touch. It's what I do. I help people like you with their marketing. From online consultancy to full strategic reviews, if you want to have a chat, look me up at rogeredwards.co.uk. And in addition to the Marketing and Finance podcast, you can also find written articles and videos on my website, including the recently launched Rog Vlog a video series taking you behind the scenes of my experiences as a marketing consultant and my alter ego as a yoga teacher. I'd love it if you check this out. So this week, my guest is Maggie Johnson. We talk about taking away the busy from the productive, freeing yourself up to focus on the important business development and strategy stuff, running slick events from conferences to award dinners, and changing from a support company to a services company and embracing content marketing. After a career in big corporate, Maggie left and started a virtual assistance company. She created Executive Virtual Support to support small and medium-sized businesses. Her current client bank includes insurance brokers, PR consultants, actuaries, mortgage brokers, IFAs, SEO specialists, and accountants. By outsourcing your administrative, organizational tasks and event management, EVS can manage your office remotely, providing you with a cost-effective and bespoke service that will allow a business to focus on its strategic development. This in turn allows you to increase revenue and drive your company forward. So let's get right into that interview with Maggie here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Maggie Johnson, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Thank you, Roger. Thank you for having me here today. Maggie, where are we Skyping each other from today? Of course, I'm in Edinburgh, as always. I'm in Essex. I'm an Essex girl. I'm in Chelmsford. I'm actually Skyping you here from my garden office. So it's just the bottom of my garden. It's one of those lovely garden offices that have been um, converted from a shed to a fully operational, nice and warm den where I can really flourish and work. So yeah, that's where I am today. Surprising number of people have shed offices, don't they? It's quite interesting. I must have a look into the the logistics of Mm. getting a shed built into my garden. I quite fancy the idea of, a sh- an, of an office shed, I have to say. <laughs> well, when I visualised where I would be um, five years ago, it was one of those um, ideas that I wanted to have my own space, you know, um, and, and it really makes a massive difference because I leave for work and I walk 200 feet down to the bottom of my garden. I've got quite a long garden and I open the door and this is Maggie's Den. It's, it's EVS offices and it just allows me to really focus 
on what I'm doing and I'm not distracted by the local postman who thinks that I am the local post office for everyone who's <laughs> out during the day. So it's a great place to be. I love it here. Yeah. So, Maggie, we've known each other for quite a number of years, and indeed, we've worked with each other um, on a few events. Uh, one of uh, one of the ones I can remember is the the Life Search Awards, which is quite a prestigious event in the uh, in the financial services calendar in London. Um, and you're also a virtual assistant, but probably more than that, you're a virtual service provider. And I really would like to explore the journey you've been on in developing these businesses as a virtual assistant and a virtual service provider, and indeed how you help some of these events, companies, and, and individual entrepreneurs to, to grow their businesses. But before we get into that, Maggie, tell me a little bit about yourself, about your background, where you came from, and basically what makes Maggie Johnson tick? Okay, Roger. Well, um, I've worked within the corporate um, industries now for more years than I actually want to confess. <laughs> I don't want to show my age, but for a good 20 years, I've worked within the corporate industries, um, mainly within the protection insurance industry, certainly for the past 10 years, as a, a personal assistant and executive assistant. So um, my background is very much reflective of the type of work that I do today. Working within the corporate environment and learning lots of different skills to become a really good personal assistant, and executive assistant is, is my background. And um, what makes me tick is taking all of those resources, all of those skills and knowledges, knowledge and, and really becoming a business owner myself so that I can support other small businesses to grow and flourish using those tools mm -hmm. and um, just expanding on that and um, just allowing small businesses to take on virtual assistants that can work within their own businesses and, and really succeed. And this term virtual assistant it's been around for a while now and there's been I've had other virtual assistants on the podcast and indeed I guess the king of virtual assistants Mr Chris Ducker who's written a book on the subject was a, was a guest on the podcast a while back but maybe within the industry that you and I know best financial services virtual assistance is perhaps something that a lot of people don't use is that is that maybe right yeah, I mean, you know, five, five, even sort of seven, eight years ago, when I first looked into becoming a virtual assistant, a lot of people didn't know um, what it was. Um, big in America at the time, and it mm. took a while to come over here. And um, today, more than ever, people do know what a VA is. I mean, if you say virtual assistant, they'll understand, but a, a VA, even the acronym is just a bit unknown. But uh, I think within financial services, um, it's still a bit of an enigma, mainly because virtual assistants um, can. can can certainly look after a wide range of businesses but within financial services because those um, particular businesses are really large within themselves they already have the in-house support so a VA is 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 going to help um, ad hoc projects and you know be flexible which is what's one of their unique um, sort of selling points so um, it might be that that's one of the reasons why within that this particular industry although I do see it changing and I, I certainly still work within the protection industry and my main clients are from there so it's it's like anything it, people are coming around to seeing the benefits of um, one-off projects being managed and outsourced by a VA. So you were working in big corporate as I like to call it and I've been there too and was there like a and I don't know a light bulb moment Maggie where you thought I've had enough of big corporate I want to get out there I want to work on my own was there a penny drop moment a light bulb moment where it all just went yeah that's it I can see the light now yeah absolutely I mean I was working as a personal assistant and um 
by its very nature, I was becoming more and more um, experienced and uh, I wanted to become um, sort of more experienced in different areas within within my role. But um, I found that I couldn't actually go any further, mainly because big corporates have departments for X, Y and Z. So say, for example, I wanted to um, organise an event, they would have an events team or if I wanted to project manage a particular new um, sort of development within within a team they would have a team for that so um, it's a case of um, expanding um, my remit and my horizons and I knew that in order to do that I'd have to step away from big corporations and work for smaller companies Mm -hmm. and that kind of lent itself towards working literally for myself. What did you do once you set your business up how did you go about finding clients because again a lot of your contacts were within the financial services industry we've already said that the financial services industry isn't really up to speed on VA. So how did you go about convincing people that the service you were offering was actually something that would be valuable to them? Well, the first thing I did was I embarked on the VA mastery course because to be a really good businesswoman, you need to be not only a really good PA, but also know how to run a business. So I did my homework Mm -hmm. in a sense, and um, I uh, learned all about the different ways in which you can support clients from ensuring that you've got their confidentiality and you understand the importance of insurances and basically running a good business. So it was all well and good uh, saying, I'm a great PA, I could do this flexibly for you but it's also about being able to support business and being um, you know savvy about how to run a business so that was the first thing I did getting my ducks in a row and understanding how to run a business um, I was um, very uh, much in a, um, a lucky position I suppose um, that when I did eventually launch my um, VA business which was a year and a, and a day after my son was born okay. um, a, quite a common story for VAs um, rather than going back to work I then used that as a um, a a, a really good point in my life to say right it's now or never let's do this and at the time one of my um, uh, a a client that I have now um, approached me and said oh I'm looking for somebody who um, knows the industry I work from home I want them to work from home I don't want them full-time and you know you you know me you know my clients you know the industry you'd be perfect so that was client number one and then when I left my uh, employers to embark on this new career um, they maintained my services because I organized their events and I do it really well and uh, I continue to do so to this very day so I was very fortunate um, there are a lot of VAs out there that are setting up their own businesses and um, you know they, they starting from day one they're, they're working on their marketing they're working on their networking and they're doing really well getting clients that way but I was very fortunate in, in one respect that when I launched I already had um, uh, you know enough clients to keep me going and keep me out of mischief so to speak now in terms of networking and you know convincing new clients that this was something that would benefit their businesses um, obviously it's targeting the right audience now really big companies already like I said earlier have in-house teams that can run a lot of their back office which is what a VA does so it's about targeting the right size and small to medium sized enterprises within the financial industry you know they're the key ones to target they're the ones that really could do with that back office support but not full time because their business isn't big enough at the moment for them to have a full time PA or assistant or event manager so it's all about Um, 
um, targeting the right audience and then just explaining how the flexible um, way in which a VA can work really can benefit their business and take them the busy away from the productive and allow them to spend more time on focusing on the strategic development of their business. So that's always been the key message really is take away the busy, allow you to be productive, allow you to generate more revenue by taking away everything that sort of distracts you from that focus. And I think that that's really well worth dwelling on just for a moment, Maggie, because this is a trap that I fall into and I, and I should know better because I've interviewed quite a few people like you. But when you're running your own business and there's maybe only yourself if you're a sole trader or if there's only a small number of you, then yes, indeed, it doesn't feel as if you can afford to take on a full-time a virtual assistant and one of the thought processes that you'll go through is well I'm going to have to spend whatever it is 40 to 50 pounds an hour for this VA I can't afford that amount of money but what people aren't thinking about is that they are their own time that they're spending doing the things that the VA could be doing for them so for example in my case if I like to charge my clients around about 200 pounds an hour for my services if I'm doing something that my that I could outsource to a VA and I'm using my time to do that then I'm actually £150 down rather than having to spend £50 up front. And I don't think a lot of people have actually just sat down for the few minutes that it takes for that penny penny to drop. Totally, Roger. It's an absolute no-brainer. I mean, um, a really good analogy or an example would be every Monday morning, my cleaner, Louise, she's brilliant. She comes to my house and she spends four hours um, putting it back together again. She does everything for um, £10 an hour. Now, if I spend that time, four hours, trying to do that job, and I'm not very good at cleaning, Roger, and that's (laughs) another thing you've got to remember is that you aren't going to be an expert in everything that you do within your business. So I would probably have to spend a good day clearing and, and, you know, getting my house back together that she does within four hours brilliantly. I walk in on a Monday afternoon and I have to sit in my house and look at it for 10 minutes because I can't believe how wonderful it looks. Now... If you use that analogy in business, if you think about the amount of time you spend working on admin, organising um, and, you know, putting out your social media, organising an event or or anything that back offices can do, you're not working on the strategic development of business. You're not focusing on your revenue. And so the amount of money that you spend on the time you invest on having a VA will actually produce a much better workflow and a much better work lifestyle for you and you know increase eventually increase your profits so it's it is a no-brainer absolutely totally agree I think you've just got to make that leap in your mind haven't you and think yeah this is this is an investment in the future of the business and it will free me up to do as you say the more important business development strategic stuff and and of course a VA can do all sorts of different things I mean it, it could just be some basic administration stuff like um, booking travel for people, managing people's diaries, and, and you know that, that can be a full-time job in itself. Managing people's diaries if they're extremely busy. Uh, but you've sort of you've sort of veered towards event management as well, haven't you? So some of the clients that you're you're working for, you are a virtual assistant for them, but you're almost running entire events. Is is that, yeah. that that's something that's developed for you? Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um 
most VAs will have a niche and their niche will be their passion. So for me, it's event management. And um, I've organised, um, I think I've worked it out, it's about 102 events over the last 20 years within, uh, well, the UK and overseas. And uh, so that's my passion and that's where I really excel and I enjoy. And if you enjoy doing something, then, you know, there's a much better, you stand a much better chance of being successful. So um, one of the um, my niches is event management. So when um, uh, a large organisation or any size organisation needs an event organised, then um, they can they can hire a virtual assistant such as myself to organise and execute and manage that. And it's really interesting actually because it goes back to the flexibility around a virtual assistant. So if you think about it, say for example you um, organise two maybe three events a year. Mm-hmm. Now if you were to hire somebody to work for you. You'd need to hire them sort of, you know, 48 weeks out of the 52 a year to manage events. And there are going to be periods throughout the year where they're just going to be sitting there pretty much doing nothing. And then there's going to be times in the year when you're going to need about three or four people to be finalising and and, and managing the last aspects of an event. Mm. So it makes sense really to have somebody as a contractor to be there to support the peaks and and troughs. Um, And and that's why having a a VA whose niche is event management works really well for businesses. And uh, yeah, it's definitely one of my passions. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoy it. And of course, I worked with you a few years ago. Um, One of your events is the Life Search Awards. Um, which takes place in London, usually around about the end of February, early March. I don't know what, what the date is for this. That's year. right. Yes, it's yeah. the uh, it's always the first Wednesday of the of the of March. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I think that uh, the last time I was directly involved with that was probably 2014, and I actually made the keynote speech at that event. Which uh, you did, uh, yeah. and you did very well, Roger. I was yeah, very it, impressed. It, no, it was a great it, event. Yeah, it fantastic. was, and, and the the venue is pretty special. It's the Haberdashers Hall. Is that right? That's correct, yeah. yes. It's the Haberdashers Hall, um, and it's pretty synonymous with this event. It's one of the events where we, we return to every year because it works so well. It's a fantastic environment. It's uh, located, um, you know, within the um, in sort of insurance industry areas, so it's it's convenient for guests to come to. And um, I'm currently organising their 14th awards, um, which has been held on the 1st of March, and this will be the 10th time that I've organised that particular event. So yeah, I know it really well, and I've seen how it's grown and changed, especially in attendance and demand over the over the years. And so do you effectively do everything with that event, Maggie? So you book the venue, you organise the catering, you get the invitations sent out, you do the name badges and all the things that need to be done, which I'm sure is a massively long list when you actually add them all up. Absolutely, yeah, from beginning to end. Um, so right from the very beginning of um, securing the, the venue, um, and sometimes we'll review that and maybe we'll move and have a look at other options, right through to ensuring that every name badge that's been produced is, uh, you know, the names are spelt correctly and they're all present and correct. So every aspect of the event is managed by myself. Now, that doesn't mean I print out those name badges and stuff. Then I've got my own VA that do that with me but what I do is I project manage that so I make sure that everything that will be delivered on the day is exactly how it should be so in a way I'm inspecting what I expect to be delivered on the day it's a very satisfying 
factory kind of way of, of working in the sense that um, you know you've got somebody like myself managing a project such as this event and you've got a team behind I've got a team behind me working as well so um, yeah I've, I've, I've really enjoyed organizing this event it's, it's um, one of my favorites. And of course for an event like that on the whole everything goes perfectly well and the, the venue's working and the food's working but I imagine there have been some times when things have gone wrong at the last minute and again you're there as a, as a troubleshooter as well as a virtual assistant because effectively it's down to you totally i mean i've been at one event where my assistant and i were actually building the dance floor because they forgot <laughs> to install it so you really do roll your sleeves up and i think that the most important part about an event manager is being um from the very beginning to the very end so um whereas um you know, with some projects you can uh, see them being executed and, and finalized and uh, but you, with event management you need to be hands-on and uh, and that's what i love because um with my experience with event management i can kind of troubleshoot before the troubles come but you never know exactly how things are going to go on the day and because we're working with people and people can be quite spontaneous you know I've had somebody pass out on an event so it's quickly you know try and minimize the impact on the rest of the audience and I've had some oh yeah fantastic stories I'll I'll have to have a chat with you over a coffee one day about those but uh, yeah it's very hands-on very nerve-wracking very exciting and um, you know um, touch wood everyone has been a really good success so very proud of my achievements in that industry yeah good so we've got people that you're working for who are effectively letting you run their diaries their travel you know organizing trips and that sort of thing through to the events that you're putting on and of course these have been very successful and they're, they're very high profile in the financial services industry but you're also wanting to slightly evolve your business Maggie aren't you and, and effectively take advantage of the focus on digital marketing and content marketing that we've seen developing over the last 10 years can you tell me a little bit about how you came to that way of thinking and what you're doing to change your business going forward Sure, yeah, absolutely. So um, Executive Virtual Support was born um, November 2011. And as I mentioned earlier, um, I was in a fortunate position to have some really good clients on board straight away. Boom, off I go. Go, go, go from day one. I didn't do a huge amount of marketing. Social media was happening, but not an impact on my business. You know, it's been a great five years, but I'm looking to diversify to obviously keep myself engaged and enjoy the business that I run. And one of the things I've realized is how how important social media and marketing is today more so than ever and if you're not in it if you're not organizing yourself if you're not out there then you're going to miss out on opportunities basically you're going to stand still so um in order to be able to support clients more and the ones that are coming towards me the ones i'm realizing that they need they need more social media they need mm. more um web development more digital marketing so these are skills that i up until this point understand but not in a great depth so um, I'm in the process of developing um, executive virtual support and later on in the year I'll be relaunching as executive virtual services now the change from support to services embraces the wider remit that this business can uh, offer potential clients so for example if somebody came to me and said right I really need help with my social media which is a very common question a very common request I can say to them yes I've got a team of partners working with me who can actually help you 
with that. In order for me to understand what that client needs are, what they need to have, what kind of support, I need to understand that. You can't blag your way through these things. You need to understand. So I've recently um, qualified um, from the Shore Academy um, a diploma in digital marketing. My next diploma course is social media. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to be delivering personally social media or digital marketing. But I do believe that in order for you to be able to understand your clients' needs and to be able to pair them up with the right partners that I have in, within my business, you need to be able to understand what their needs are and understand what they're talking about. So that's why I'm learning about these different kind of skills. And that's why I want to be able to really embrace the needs that so that small businesses have these days. And it is social media, it is online. Um, and obviously, I can still get my hands dirty with event management and the traditional PABA side of things I do. But I think, um, and I honestly believe that the way in which you're move, I'm moving my business will allow more clients to get that support and get that wider um, sort of remit within what, they, what their needs are to grow and really, you know, flourish and f allow them once again to focus on why they set their business up and why they want to be successful in their own right. So could that be you actually run somebody's Twitter account, say, so you'll be actually writing tweets for people and sending the tweets out? Or will it be that you're helping them to plan their own tweeting? Or maybe you've got a company that are looking to start writing blogs. Would you actually be writing the blogs for them? Or would you be helping them to plan the writing of them and the putting together a, a content matrix or a content calendar, that sort of thing? Well, I think the actual scheduling of social media is a very time-consuming um, function, and that's certainly something that um, a VA can manage. I think um, it depends very much on um, the, the individual. So, for example, I asked somebody to write me a blog. They wrote a blog for me, and I read it, and I just thought, this is not me. And I think with social media... It's a bit like, I think you, you made a very good point a little while ago about would you go to the pub with someone and send someone in your place? You know, <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is. Social media is like the virtual pub. You sit down, you have a chat with people, you, you converse and you talk about topics and you give information out and you share. And, you know, can that come from a second party? I'm not so sure. I think there are areas in which you can support businesses. With social media, there's a lot of... Um, time spent on um putting it out there mm. uh, and scheduling and you know you have to continually manage that you have to continually get your point across you've got to be remembered and you need to feed and give you need to give people information and share so that's one one aspect the other aspect is can you actually write blogs and personal social media some companies some businesses you might be able to but it, it really depends on the individual personally i'd like to write my own content and maybe somebody could proofread edit it get it out there but the actual message that you want to get across i think needs to come from the individual yeah so you effectively are becoming a facilitator i, I absolutely agree with you and the pub analogy is is the best one is that you know you are everybody has their own tone of voice we all write and speak in a certain way and it's incredibly difficult unless you're very very lucky to find somebody who can totally emulate your own style but that's not to say that somebody can't facilitate 
what you're doing and making the whole thing easier for you. And, and it sounds like really that's the, the direction you're going in. Absolutely. It totally is. It's Yeah, you're right. And you're right about the tone as well. And I think that's what came across when somebody wrote a blog for me. And it was accurate to the point, you know, and there were points in there that I hadn't considered myself, but yet it wasn't my voice. And when I rewrote it, it, it made sense. It was like, yeah, this is how I would have written this particular blog. And so I'm getting into the to the world of, of, of blogging and, and writing my own blogs and I'll start getting those out there and when I'm you know at the point where I feel that the message is getting across exactly in my tone and again I'm going to have my own um, social media VA who's going to be managing that process and spending the time putting it out there for me. And the people that you're targeting with the wider rather than just executive support the executive services you're offering now are you targeting the same sort of people? So, you know, professionals within the financial services industry, event companies, that sort of thing. Are, are you looking to, to go wider and, and offer these services to all professionals? Totally the latter, Roger. Yeah. I think, um, you know, if you just um, home in on, <clears throat> on one industry, it can be saturated or, you know, you can exhaust. But in order to, to, to widen the types of businesses, um, really gives me a kind of a buzz. Um, and it also allows me to um, learn more about different businesses as well. I mean, there are core similarities, obviously. But when you've got somebody, for example, I've got a client, a fantastic client, she's wonderful, um, runs her own owns her own beach huts you know that's a million miles away from the financial services and I organize and look after the bookings for her beach huts and uh, my team and I make sure that they're run and looked after so there's no exclusive sector and I think by widening and allowing more people and more clients to come in um, you can like I say you can manage them the similar way in terms of they need social media they need to grow their their um, audience and um, develop their their models but um, in, in terms of the different sectors and coming away for the financial services I'm still sitting within the financial services obviously because I I have a passion for that but um, yeah certainly looking at a wider audience will definitely you know ignite and excite me within my own business as well i love the beach huts i love the beach huts i have been trying to think of a way of getting vicky gunn onto the marketing finance podcast but beach huts are a little bit um <laughs> divorced from financial services but may, maybe there's an angle there you might have to take out a well, mortgage to buy a beach hut so you never know i might be able to think of a way of getting vicky on because her story is fascinating vicky's story is really fascinating roger in, in the respect that she really has um gone from owning two little beach huts and then she's really, with her content marketing and the way in which she's sort of growing and developing her own uh, brand as well, it, it's, yeah, you're right. Maybe there could be um, a, a niche, um, it could be a slant about um, retirement. What are you going to do with your retirement fund? Buy a beach Buy hut. Buy a beach hut, that's <laughs> right. It's a beach hut plan. That's absolutely what we need. <laughs> content marketing, obviously, Maggie, you've mentioned that a few times. It comes up on the podcast time and time again. And, and, and I think one of the reasons it comes up on the podcast time and time again a because i'm a passionate believer in it but also i think that so many people listening to this podcast especially financial advisors and those people who are running small businesses and haven't got the huge marketing budgets of big corporates like aviva and legal and general you know that one of the best ways of getting your message out there is to produce engaging content 
which engages your customer base. And that might only be the people in your local area. You know, we're not talking national coverage here or even international coverage. We're talking really local. And I think you've been doing quite a lot of work developing your skills around the content marketing side. I think you mentioned you've also taken a, a diploma in, in digital marketing recently. What, what, what have you learned most about marketing and content marketing over the last couple of years as your business has developed? Well, I think the, the, the most important thing I've learned about content marketing is um, to, to be true to yourself and your own, um, you know, your own passions and speak from your heart. People buy from people mm. and they're going to see right through you. So it's really important to be honest. And it's also important to be able to not just talk about yourself and your business, but talk about something that will actually engage and be of use and of value to somebody reading. You know, our attention span is like that of a goldfish these days because we're just inundated by so much information. And we don't, you know, the, the average time it takes for you to look at a website is six seconds. And if you've gone onto a website and it's just full of information, you're going to turn away. And that's one of the things that I'm doing with with, with my business. When I move from the, um, and I'm working on it right now, is, is moving from event management, um, executive virtual support to services, is making my website much more user-friendly, mobile-friendly, and the content needs to be giving. So you need to be able to give yourself, and that will allow people to see who you are and understand your brand. And really, that's that, that, that's the key, really, in my mind, is to be genuine, to give and be open and honest in your um, content marketing. What would you say, Maggie, was the one thing that you'd like the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast to take away from the experiences you've had building your VA company, the events that you've been involved with, and your transition to becoming a, a digital marketing services provider? Not to do everything yourself. The one thing you cannot do is be um, in total control of everything you do and do it all yourself. Uh, if you're going to build your business, if you're going to really be good at what you want to do, you cannot expect be expected to do it all yourself. I learned that from a very early stage. I ran when I think I was about 18 months um, into my business and I just thought, even though I had, if you look at the amount of hours that I had um, um, looking after clients, it still wasn't full time. I still couldn't quite get that development side of my business. So in order for me to practice what I preached, I took on my own VA and mm -hmm. my VA, Helen, has been with me for th over three years, nearly four years now. Four years this summer, I wouldn't be without her. She's just such an invaluable member of my team and other VAs that I work with. You can't do it all by yourself. If you want to flourish, if you want to, to do well and do really well at what you set your business out to do, you need to let go of certain elements and trust someone to do that for you. Um, and even if it's bit by bit, which is one of the flexible things about a VA, you don't have to take a VA on for 20 hours a week straight away. If you know that's what you need, great. But if it's just like, well, there's one task, there's one thing I spend a lot of time on each week, hand that over to a VA, explain clearly what your needs are, get them to do it, and then two weeks down the line think, well, do you know what? That's really good. Um, maybe they could do this as well. And before you know, the time you've delegated to a, to, uh, a VA, you've spent on your business Compare that to where you were two two months before, and you'll see it grow. So that's definitely something that that I would like you know listeners to take away with them is the fact that they need to be thinking about developing their business, and they need to do that with the help and support of other experts, people that can do the probably part of their job better than they can. 
I think uh, it, the, the term is Superman syndrome, isn't it? You think that you can do everything, and you know, oh, I can, I can write this blog, I can, uh, I can do my own travel booking, and this, that, and the other. And it just comes back to what we said earlier: you're not paid to do the travel booking and to uh, manage your diary. Somebody else can do that much more cost-effectively to free you up to do what you do best, which is the development and the strategic side of your business. Maggie, one of the things I also like to do on the podcast is to is to look outside of the immediate um, business that you're operating in, maybe even outside the, um, the market that you're operating in. Is there any, it could be a marketing campaign or a product or, a, or, or something that's caught your attention in the last year and you've thought, wow, that has really impressed me. Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. One of the most recent advertising and I suppose marketing packages that I've I've been attracted to is Amazon Prime without advertising here. But I find that Amazon Prime really works in the sense that it's, it's kind of packaged really well. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of online shopping. I get free um, uh, postage. I get free delivery. Um, but the actual... Um, videos dvds that kind of thing natural the way in which they centralize everything is really good it's quite a neat package so that's quite a good way of selling a product and and it's not that expensive and you get access to a lot of sort of services and um television programs that kind of thing so yeah amazon prime is is something that i think is uh well worth the money and of course they're so clever at um reading your desires and and interests and wants aren't they so they'll know that you buy a certain genre of video or a certain genre of book so that every Mm -hmm. time you go on the website you've got these little adverts popping up at the side they'll even send you emails pointing you in the direction of stuff you might want to buy it is very yeah yeah it's very clever i mean there are a lot of websites that do that you you know you you go on one website and have a look at a pair of trousers from gap (laughs) and then you'll go on um you know a currency website to check out the the exchange rate and there's a little advert saying look these are your trousers that you looked at (laughs) and you think oh my god big brother is watching you so yeah it's very clever how they they do that kind of marketing so um i just wish that they didn't sort of pack it tiny piece a tiny item into a massive box i think they really do reviewing the how they package their goods when they do deliver them but they do deliver really well so they certainly um they've cornered that one and is there a business book or a course that you've either read or been on over the last 12 months <clears throat> tell us what that was and what you took from it my one of my favorite books has definitely got to be virtual freedom by chris ducker yeah um i i bow to chris ducker i think he's just awesome he's really revolutionized the way in which people see once you've read the book um how um how much of an asset um, outsourcing can be in fact that's you know he's made his living and i'm really looking forward to uh, meeting chris ducker at the content marketing academy mm-hmm. in edinburgh in june so um it's going to be a fantastic uh, conference for, for a couple of days so i'm looking forward to meeting him so yeah virtual freedom is is one of the books but i'm currently reading born to blog okay um by um, Mark Schaefer and um, only just started reading that because I want to build um, more blogging around my business and my personal success so um, yeah I'm really enjoying that and it's got some really good tips so they're two books that I'd highly recommend reading. Maggie it's been fabulous to talk to you today we've really covered a lot of ground virtual assistants digital marketing virtual services i'm sure there's a lot of people listening to the podcast today who are going to want to get in touch with you and talk about what you might be able to do to help them so what is the best way for people to get in touch with you maggie oh of course yeah absolutely so um you can contact me um directly on my email address which is maggie at executive 
virtualsupport.co.uk. At EVS Maggie is my Twitter account. If you want to drop me a quick, buzz me a quick call, uh, my number is 07960325020. I love to listen to people and I love to Skype and touch people that way um, through um, the virtual world in which we live in. Fantastic. And I will include all those links in the show notes for this episode, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Maggie, it's been fabulous to talk to you. I look forward to seeing you in person again soon, either at the aforementioned Content Marketing Academy, but probably at the Life Search Awards at the beginning of March. Yes, I'm looking forward to it, Roger. I thank you ever so much for having me today. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.